Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. ES Audio. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm David Marsland and this is The Leader. It's quiet on the farm right now. There's a few dog walkers around, but a few weeks ago, this field, about an hour from London, was full of activity. Crops were being pulled, the hay bales being made, the soil prepared for the next season. After a bit of a wet July, farmers across the UK spent August in overdrive to get their harvest done. In September, they've been picked, sorted, packed and distributed. Much of it will be appearing on your plates right now, but not all of it. So almost three million tonnes of edible farm produce is being dumped instead of feeding the hungry. And this is coming at a time of rising food insecurity across the UK, with nearly 14 million people, including 4 million children, experiencing food insecurity this summer, a figure which has more than doubled since 2020. David Cohen is the Evening Standard's investigations editor. For a special report in the newspaper and online, he's been looking at what's happening to the UK's surplus food and why it's not going to the hungry. So basically, there will always be some excess farm produce. That is inevitable. It's due to overproduction, weather variability, and, you know, rejection of certain produce for cosmetic reasons, such as wonky carrots. But what is especially egregious is that there is about 64,000 tonnes, which is 150 million meals, of perfectly good produce, perfectly good to eat produce, that is going to the AD plants. This is the anaerobic digestion plants that take this this food and turn it into a sludge that is used to produce biogas and digestate for farmers. So anaerobic digestion is It's actually a great technology. It's a real environmental benefit. George Wright is the CEO of Fairshare, the UK's largest food redistribution charity. Biomaterial is put in a tank, the air is taken out, and it effectively composts. And that compost generates heat and it generates gas. And both the heat and the gas can be used for energy. It is a great thing. The anaerobic digestion industry is doing a good job. It's just that we have got an issue which is the subsidies that go to it are wildly in excess of the fact that we don't get none of the money goes into surplus redistribution that's where we think there's a problem and as a result sometimes perfectly edible food ends up in those digesters Those subsidies from the government are worth £750 million a year. It's part of efforts to reduce greenhouse gas emissions. In 2020, AD produced 1,021,000 tonnes of oil-equivalent energy. It's a good thing. But at the same time as those hundreds of millions were being sent to AD, money for a food redistribution trial was stopped. And this £750 million means that there has been an increase in... AD plants, about 140 new ones built in the last six years, which has caused a rise in demand 
and competition between these plants for food. So they only get their subsidy if they produce biogas. And in order to produce biogas, they need this food. So what's been happening is that in 10 to 15% of cases, the AD plants are actually paying food producers and outlets to take away their surplus food. So if you're a farmer or a supermarket and you're offered food that you can't sell but is perfectly good, you're offered some money for it from an AD operator, you are more likely to do that than give it to a food redistributor like Fair Share or the Felix Project to give to the poor. And that is the scandal that in a way that the government subsidies have created this unintended outcome that has created a perversion in the food and drink hierarchy with perfectly edible food going to produce biogas instead of being used to feed the hungry. It's not simply a case of farmers getting their ploughs out, digging up some crops and handing them over to hungry families. It costs money to harvest a field. Staffing costs, machinery costs, packaging costs, transport costs. And then, of course, they've already paid to put the stuff in the ground and grow it in the first place. A report after last year's harvest showed farmers across sectors saw cost rises of an average of 34% on 2021, threatening the viability of their business. So what we do is we, when we do a lot of fundraising, when we get a little bit of money, we'll then work with the farmers. And the farmers are great. They will, at cost, they don't make profit on it. They'll extract it. We'll just cover the cost of that extraction and we'll redistribute it. George Wright again. In fact, in 2018, the government gave us uh, about 1.9 million to do a study on what, how could we do this sort of um, on an ongoing basis. And for that 1.9 million, we generated 4,500 tonnes of food um, that we could redistribute. So it was incredibly effective economically. Um, So what that shows is there is food out there. There's a cost, a small cost in terms of getting it out. But of course, generating that funds during a cost of living crisis is very difficult. And that's where we think the government could step in. Fair shares say that even taking into account a recent fall in inflation, food costs have gone up 26% in the last two years. Combined with interest rate rises and energy bills, that's putting households, especially those at the lower end of the income scale, where average earnings are around £16,000 a year, under unprecedented pressure. George only officially started his job in June. This is what he walked into. There was a heartbreaking story of there was a child who was drawing a pizza and eating the paper. He was so hungry. The other week I was at one of the school clubs and Sheila, who runs it, is in the Sussex area. She was saying that, you know, sometimes this is the only meal these kids are getting during the day, during the summer. But then we said, well, well what happens at weekends? Because you're only open Monday to Friday. And she was saying, actually, I need a lot more food on the Monday because oftentimes the kids aren't eating across the weekend. This is the effects that we're seeing. And when you see it in the front line, this is the reality of what we're dealing with. The cost of living crisis for many people is really a crisis. David Cohen says people are telling him they're witnessing things they've never seen before. And so the other thing we are seeing is a rise in shoplifting. And this is from the likes of children, who are who are, lift, who are stealing food from the local can, from their school canteen, and from the local supermarket and mothers. 
and that was another thing that I wrote about as well and I I've it's another thing that is starting to come onto the agenda and we're seeing a rise of we would have thought that maybe things would be getting better but actually I think for many many families now things are a lot worse they've been enduring for a long time this uh, you know since the cost of living crisis began and people have an ability to make do for a while but now it's been going on for some time Fair share say taking 25 million pounds annually from the 750 million given to the anaerobic digestion industry would provide an additional 42,500 tons of surplus food or around 100 million extra meals. The AD industry though says there's another solution. Charlotte Morton, the chief executive of the Anaerobic Digestion and Bioresources Association, told the Evening Standard they estimate 86% of wasted edible food is thrown away to landfill and incineration. Calling it a massive regulatory failure, she said the government should stop subsidising the fossil fuel industry, telling us AD subsidies are not the issue. Government inaction in preventing food waste is. A DEFRA spokesperson said there are no current plans to extend grant funding in this space. The 2.9 million tonne figure is reflective of farming food waste as a whole and does not take into account that foods such as barley, wheat, sugar beet and oilseed rape are not ready for consumption. They added, we have already invested nearly £13 million across 250 organisations between 2018 and 2020, so the redistribution sector could develop long-term solutions to reduce food waste, with fair share receiving around £3 million. George Wright says 127 MPs on both sides of the House support the idea of government funding for what the charity is calling a surplus with purpose scheme. No one wants to see this. But this is where you need the government departments to talk to each other, to work together, and we need someone in leadership, DEFRA, the PM, to step in and say, do you know what, this regime needs to be better balanced because we're let, where there's an opportunity to feed more people. I mean, when I visit the front line, when I see what's going on in the charities, when you see people that are struggling, that are hungry, when you see some of the stories I told you earlier, you know, there is nothing that I can think of as more urgent than this. Um, and I'm glad that we're starting to see some coverage now because this is something that I think the public want to know about. And it's crazy at this time that this situation is still going on. And that's the leader. There's more on this story in the Evening Standard newspaper and online at standard.co.uk. This podcast is back tomorrow at 4pm. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. 
and it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.